listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 22nd of June, 2023. Later, an increasing number of businesses are reporting incidents of cyber attacks. We'll take a look at what you can do about it. But first... Now, Market Day on the SBS on the Money podcast. The Australian share market had its third worst day of the year. The S&P ASX 200 down 1.6%, $7,195, billion wiped from the value of our major index. Technology stocks really bearing the brunt of the falls. For more, I spoke with Elizabeth Tian. She is an Equity Derivatives Global Markets Director at Citi. Liz, the Australian share market had a pretty serious tumble today. There were seven straight sessions of gains uh, before yesterday. It follows some commentary from Jerome Powell in the US. What did he have to say exactly? Yeah, so Jerome Powell gave his semi-annual testimony to Congress. It was a very um, hawkish speech. He's basically said that there's likely to be at least two more rate hikes in the US. Inflation's likely to be sticky and they might need to do quite a lot to really tame inflation. So the whole question for markets now is, you know, how high, how many more rate hikes are we going to get in the US? Uh, Potentially, obviously, the two, potentially even a third one. So let's go into more detail. What exactly didn't investors like about those comments? Because it was a pretty heavy sell-off today. Absolutely. Look, obviously, when rates are higher, that's never good for, you know, risk assets, including equities. It's actually surprised the markets how resilient equity markets have been, despite all the rapid rate rises we've had in the last 12, 18 months from central banks. But, you know, the higher rate hikes, it's, you know, markets are questioning, what does that really mean? Is there going to be stress coming through in, you know, the banking sector? We saw that a couple of months earlier. That, you know, heightens the possibility. Obviously, it heightens the possibility of a recession as well. And we really think that the US and the Eurozone are likely to go into a recession later on in the year, potentially, uh, you know, or, or perhaps next year. But all those um, risks come on and it's, it's, you know, and the big question mark is, how many more rate hikes? Okay, so in terms of the market today, how was it impacted? Which parts of the of the market? Yeah, it was across the board. You know, all my whole watch list. It was all red. Commodities. You know, energy sector, retail sector, banking sector, and if you even if you look offshore to the Asian markets, obviously uh, some of the Asian markets are shut, such as uh, Hang Seng in Hong Kong, China. But you also saw the Japanese market weaker, you know, and some of the futures offshore futures markets weaker. So it's across the board. Um, we have seen a very strong rally since October in equity markets, especially the U.S. markets. And there really is a question is, you know, are valuations stretched? Are we priced for perfection? So when there's kind of this nervous talk coming from central banks, it's, it's, you know, it's no surprise that we see this sell off. On top of that, overnight, we saw the UK recording an inflation rate of 8.7%. That's the same as the previous month. There have been warnings here in Australia that inflation may be sticky, given that services inflation is still high. There's talk of rates locally, as you mentioned, going even higher. TD Securities, the latest to upgrade its forecast of peak rates to 4.85%. How exactly is the market feeling about the potential for higher interest rates? 
Yeah, so, you know, the UK printed a, you know, it was quite a shocking number. It surprised the market on the upside, 8.7%. Uh, uh, inflation numbers, they're talking absolutely more rate hikes there, even maybe 50 basis point rate hikes again in the UK. We saw similar talk coming out of the ECB. Now, locally for the Reserve Bank, we still think, um, that we're going to see more rate rises. We obviously had a bit of a pause early in the year, and then when that RBA lifted rates again, that surprised the market. We think that there is at least two more 25 basis points worth of rate hikes. So we see uh, the cash rate locally in Australia go to 4.6%. Inflation could stay sticky. We obviously have a very strong uh, labour market here in Australia, which is great for the economy, but it just means that inflation stays very stubborn. So if we do get two more rate rises here in Australia, the potential for more rate rises in the US, inflation here is still sticky. Are there any opportunities for investors right now? Well, I did mention, Ricardo, you know, the markets, equity markets especially, has really surprised how bullish it's been since the sell-off in October. And that's really been around, you know, a lot of the big tech names. Uh, if you look at the US market, the top big seven mega caps, you know, we're talking about the NVIDIAs, the Teslas, the Facebooks, the Google, Google shares, they've driven 90% of that rally in the US S&P 500. So it's been a strong market, but it's been very narrow. We like the growth part of the markets. However, we think that the opportunities, if we possibly see a bit of a sell-off, our target for the share market, um, for example, the US market, which obviously is a leading market that you know everyone's looking at, is around 4,000 for the S&P 500 and around 4,500 next year. So no surprises if we have a bit of a pull back at this at some point. Elizabeth Tian there from City. Let's now go to some new stats from the Bureau of Statistics, which says 22% of businesses reported at least one cybersecurity attack last financial year. That's up from 8% in the previous 12 months. So what can you do about it? I spoke with Xiang Tang from the University of Sydney School of Computer Science. Xiang ABS data today showed more than two in 10 businesses experienced cyber attacks during the 21-22 financial year. Why do you think this is becoming increasingly common? Um, I think that's not actually quite surprising, right? Because you see, like, what we are doing now, we spend more and more time in, in our life in online, right? Not only for entertainment, but also for spend quite some time for our work. Essentially, people's life is shifted to the online stage for, for significantly, not only during the pandemic, right? I think in general, it's actually a trend that people spend more time, not only for entertainment, for life, for, for work in the online world. So essentially, the, the online digital world and digital economy got expanded dramatically. It's like the target for the attacker got expanded dramatically, right? Naturally, bad things happen. So, yeah. I think just because of the trend, people moving towards the online world significantly. And one more note is that when people move to the online note, for example, business, maybe they didn't plan and prepare the cybersecurity beforehand. They just rush into the online world and providing service. So not the other way around. In terms of businesses, are attackers attracted to one business more than another in terms of smaller business, larger business uh, types of industries or, you know, are all businesses at threat? That's actually a quite interesting question. Um, let, let, let's try to put ourselves into the shoes of the attackers, right? Like uh, normally what, 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 why I'm going to attack someone uh, for there the, the would be benefits and it will be, 
easier to attack, right? I don't need to spend like 10, 10 years just to hack into one, one site or maybe harder to detect, right? For, for less one very natural class of attackers. But then if we go down for every single reason, then for example, what, what different type of benefits and what, what, uh, which kind of, uh, industry is easier to attack. Then we can have uh, some kind of picture, right? For example, I just give one example. Then for, for, for the industry that easier to attack, have more vulnerabilities potentially, and maybe bigger benefits potentially could be financial industry, right? Then attackers can get a lot of gains, but also the financial industry, they do not have the top priority, top expertise in the domain. So that's a natural candidate. But, but uh, I'm not saying like uh, someone would be safe. Like actually everyone can, will, will, will be exposed to the attacks. So no one will be safe under the cybersecurity. Just some industry maybe have bigger impact. Some industry still have to pay less. But as long as you are valuable, right? As long as any business you are valuable to anyone, then you have certain possibility to be attacked. When it comes to um, key impacts for businesses, right? I guess it's not necessarily just financial impacts, but there's also issues of productivity as well, for example. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also another good question. I guess you were wondering about what potential consequences or cost or negative impact on the cybersecurity, right? I mean, everyone knows that it's bad to get hacked, but I think that there are multiple concrete bad consequences when a business got hacked. For example, the first immediate one actually maybe attackers can directly steal company or business's digital asset, right? For example, like like a gaming company, they have a digital asset or like a financial company again. And the, the second one is actually like bring down the service. Right? Many, many company or business getting online, they are providing service online. For example, like, a, like a IT companies. And if IT companies and they providing infrastructure, they got hacked. Actually, the whole service got down, right? Then brings when service is brought down, obviously, then there's a lot of cost. For example, like a few days ago, Microsoft uh, have a service outage like for, for Outlook, et cetera, right? Well, I mean, people may not think like big companies, big IT company, they're fine, but they are still not safe. And another maybe, those are the direct and immediate cost, right? But for other things, there also could be indirect cost. For example, uh, like last year, Australia have a multiple instances of a massive data breach, right? When data breach, even though not directly cost the money on the company or cost on the, on the platform, but it will have a very, like, from longer point of view, we have many bad in- consequences too, right? For example, in European Union, maybe you're going to get a big fine or maybe some customers are very unhappy, going to get a lawsuit, right? And in general, going to hurt your reputation. So, yeah, there, there are all kinds of different costs on, on direct or indirect costs, right? So finally, and I guess probably more importantly, how can businesses actually protect themselves from cyber attacks? The survey from the ABS showed that 70% has some sort of protection measure with 60% reporting regular updates to virus protection software. But is that enough? Uh, a, a short question is that's definitely not enough, right? A software protection or virus protection is just one one very small kind of a measure a defense measurement that business can do. I think there should be a major mindset shift in, in all the businesses. Like however large or small the business, I think the first thing you need to take, you need to think is really get expert to help. Either directly hire some someone with expertise, cybersecurity expertise, or just uh, get the expert services from the, the, the famous cybersecurity providers, right? 
And the second suggestion is never try to cook up cybersecurity solutions by yourself. There's one very famous quote or saying in the cryptographic research is that never cook up your cryptographic algorithm. It's going to be broken someday. So similarly, we bring this to any security measures. Like you do not try to uh, cook up your own measurement or or own system to protect yourself. But you you do need expert help. The the last two points I think is actually natural. Just take it seriously and take it more proactively, right? Like, like we are doing exercise. We don't start running until we already get cancer, right? We, we start running every day. And you, you need to, to do a lot of proactive activities. For example, like provide the data protection directly at data layer, like using advanced cryptographic mechanisms. Instead of like once you have a data breach, you, you try to go back to, to investigate. But beforehand, you, you should maybe encrypt all of them first and uh, use advanced solutions. Second is try to think from the attacker's point of view. So in case, or maybe let's call it the adversarial mind. Things, bad things going to happen. What we should do? Like uh, doing replication, doing backup, doing decentralization. I mean, even if worst case happened, we still can alive, right? We can still have providing services. And in general, the, the one, one sentence takeaway is take it serious, but do not get it scared. Just get expert help. Try to work more closely with the security industry and the, and the academia. Chiang Tang there from the University of Sydney. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Yeah.